Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let me go ahead and invite my buddy Jake. One sec. There we go. <clears throat> All righty. Super excited to be us in this room with the one and only Jake, the CCO. Jake, I'll invite you up to speak and then we'll, we'll jump into it. All right, once you unmute, we'll be ready to roll. All right, you got me here, Coach. Yep, there you are, brother. How you doing, man? Doing well. Before we jump into it, man, I thanks for you know taking the time to to download Colin to jump on the social podcasting app. I'm excited, man. I know I've had you on my podcast. I think a year and a half ago now. It's been quite some time, and just you know talking to you as a friend, real quick, just seeing the way you guys have grown, Super Golfy, and as people, and like how you guys operate on such a high level regarding physical training to business i'm just inspired brother and i appreciate you taking the time out of your day to to, to, to make this happen today so thank you before we get started hell yeah man uh the the feeling is mutual you know i, I love following you i know that we have i love our instagram commentary back and forth always <laughs> gets me going uh but you know I think that you fuel each other's energy right so that's why it's important to have tight circles yeah Absolutely. Well, well, cool, man. Jake, thank you so much for coming on the Rise of the Young podcast today on Colin. I'm, I'm excited to chat with you. I think one of the notes I want to start on is just for those listening on Colin, we have Ann down there down below. You guys recently raised, I believe, $106 million round at a $500 million plus valuation. I know, you know, you see all these different numbers in the news, but, but how are you feeling? How is the company feeling? And what does this mean to you guys? Yeah, man. Uh, crazy headlines, big numbers for sure. Uh, I think the easiest way to say what we're feeling, probably two different ex expressions. The first is, is certainly grateful, you know, grateful for our investors believing in us, grateful for our partners believing in us and working with us. And then the second is excited. Uh, we really believe in like this day one mentality is something that we say. Um, and that's exactly what this this round signifies. Um, and, and what that means is, you know, like today is, is the worst that will ever be, uh, which is really exciting when you uh, kind of come at it from, from, from that mentality. O only opportunity to get better from here. 
Absolutely, man. And, and you know, for those that are listening that haven't came across Super Coffee yet in their local supermarket, what is Super Coffee? Where did this journey begin? Um, for those that may have, you know, not, not had some Super Coffee yeah, in their yeah. life yet. <laughs> well, I, I we're only reaching like two percent of Americans right now, so likely a lot of folks haven't heard of us. It's good that the few that do know us buy a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully, more and more of your listeners <laughs> will know about it sooner uh, than later. But I mean, basically, Super Coffee, right? Our flagship product is our, our line of bottled coffees, and it's Colombian coffee enhanced with some protein um, and some MCT oil, which is healthy fat from coconut oil, a protein. We have both dairy-based and plant-based options. Uh, but then really what differentiates Super Coffee is there are zero sugar, there's zero carbs, there's only one sweetener, which is organic monk fruit. Um, so we really provide that indulgent, like Starbucks Frappuccino like flavor, um, with zero sugar, only 70 or 80 calories per bottle. Um, and now we've extended our brand across the entire grocery store. We have a line of creamers, same thing, very functional, very indulgent, but no bad stuff, no sugar, no carbs. Um, we do K cups, we do hot coffee, uh, we do espressos. So kind of like this platform that we call, you know, a total coffee solution, all things within coffee. That's all healthy for you, all enhanced benefits from an energy level, from clarity, and most importantly, like we lead with flavor um, and no bad stuff. I love that, man. And I think too, like one of the things that I know I recently had my launch event to talk about, you know, the beginning of a journey for my company, Meet, and how you guys were so grateful to send out a whole bunch of super coffee and just seeing the reactions from people and the people that haven't you know, had the, t- the, the experience to try it yet. It, it was so cool. And I, I always love showing love. And every time I see it, it's it's one of the th- things too now. And, and I want to talk about branding because every time I, you know, see it in the store from knowing you, like, in it, you know, I'll text you, send you a picture, show love, that whole thing. But it's more than just that. It's like my love for the product, for how it makes me feel. Like, I'm mm-hmm. a huge coffee lover nonetheless. But like, you guys have done such a great job in my eyes and as well as your communities of building culture, building an incredible brand. And I'd love to ask you, where do you think that started and how have you guys cultivated such a following of people that not only love your coffee, but love your mission and what you stand for as brothers, as founders, and more importantly, as a company? Yeah, no, dude, that's a, it's a great question. I appreciate the the observation. It's something that we take pride in. Um, I'll start with the philosophy. You know, I think, uh, like something that we, we really appreciate and, and lean into is like the idea that, that brand building takes time, you know, and sometimes we need to remind ourselves that, but like building a brand doesn't take days or weeks or years or months, you know, it, it, or weeks, quarters, you know, building a brand takes years, you know, um, and, and years and years on that. So we really embrace that and, and trust that, you know, it's a long process to build a brand that is meaningful, um, that folks have an emotional connection with, and, and also a brand that's going to last. Uh, and that's one of our guiding principles is like be built to last. Um, but where, where it comes from, you know, we yep. started out, uh, we launched out of my dorm room, really Jordan's dorm room, but we brought the product down from Philadelphia University where he went to Georgetown where I was playing football. And we launched out of my, my summer house uh, between junior and senior year into one Whole Foods store uh, there right off campus in Washington, D.C., off Georgetown's campus. 
And that was our only store, right? Like we were in one store, we made the product, we made our own deliveries. And we quickly learned that the only thing that mattered was our interactions with people in that store, right? Like we wanted to be the best selling bottled coffee in that individual store. And the way to do it was to interact with customers, to interact with people that worked at the store, to interact with people who received the loading dock shipments in the back of the store, um, but it was a really good <laughs> grassroots, and then we expanded that way. Then we went to two stores, then we went to three stores. Um, obviously, you can't scale a business that way, but in the early years, that's exactly how we scaled our actual products out of the business. And I think we really learned in those earliest of days, like foundationally, like the way that you treat folks and the way that you act, you know, lands on people. And we thought, wow, like we're high energy guys, yep, let's let that be a big part of who we are in the culture that we build. And also it makes people want to root for you, right? When you're in the trenches, when it's authentic. Um, so yeah. that was something that we were like, Hey, that's something that we can control. And we always like to control the things that we can control. Um, and if they can be, you know, a tailwind for the business and help push us forward, um, why not be very intentional about those type of things? I love that. That's just hearing that too. It, I know it's authentic, but it just comes across so well because it, it is real on social and the way you guys have built that brand. And it's so cool to see. I mean, from our early interactions, uh, building our friendship and talking on social media and amping each other up, like the, the way you guys operate, I think that high energy not only aligns with super coffee and what it, the product itself, but just how you guys operate as a, as a company. So sort of changing gears here, like when you think about some of the challenges, yeah. I remember... Then I've, I've had Jordan on the show. I've had you on the show twice now. Um, well, I remember last time I spoke with you guys, yeah. uh, one of the big things was getting more products or the different types of products, the creamers into the stores on like a glo- uh, in, in international sta- scale or national, I should say. Um, how how yep. has that yep. been? A, has it been a challenge? How have you guys rolled that out? Because when you talk about like having that first store, I'd love you to give us some insight on like how many stores you guys are in and you know, the, the growing pains in there. Cause I can't even fathom from not being in the industry to have the insight to understand how that scalability works and really how you guys yeah. have built that over the years. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a great question. Just for context today, we're in 40,000 stores across America. Um, Let's so go. A lot of different touch points. <laughs> Let's go. Um, a lot of different touch points. And, you know, uh, I, I opened up with it and you just mentioned, but we've now taken our bottled coffee product, right? That 12 ounce bottle. If, if many of your listeners have seen super coffee, that's probably the product that they have seen. But now we've kind of scaled it around the grocery store into creamers, into different canned coffee products, into K-cups, into ground coffee, um, multi-serve coffee and like a big uh, refrigerated take-home bottle. And I would say that, you know, it allows you to diversify your audience, right? Uh, For us, we think it's really important for us to kind of stay within the coffee vertical right now, meaning, you know, even though we're doing a bunch of different things, it all is staying very close to the core idea of being a total coffee solution is what we talk about. Because if we would do an energy drink or a protein shake or a protein muffin, whatever it may be, you know, like all different functional items that could kind of fall within our product ethos, it would be spreading us pretty thin. Yeah. Um, and then I would say like a learning in talking about scale, you know, is it definitely comes uh, with, you know, mastery of, of growing the brand, right. And, and knowing how far you can go 
and really how far your customers are giving you permission to go. Um, and that's why we stayed within coffee. You know, I think to your point about that authenticity, yeah, we, we haven't really built our super coffee and total coffee solution out enough probably to go beyond coffee. And then also anytime we get away from our 12 ounce super coffee, which again, we have two and a half million loyal customers who are buying it every day. There's about 40 million folks in America that wow. we could be going after that could be great customers. So that Delta is huge, right? We're about 120th yep. of the way there. And then every time we launch something different, whether it's our creamer or our K-Cups, we're going into a whole new pond, right? Who It might be 50 million, it might be 20 million, whatever that vertical calls for. And the reason I think that's a unique challenge is you only have so much money, uh, you only have so much energy and bandwidth. So knowing who you're going after um, gets a little bit harder every time you launch yeah. a new product platform. So at least for us, we do have that cohesiveness of, of staying within an overall coffee umbrella. Um, but there are certainly different touch points, use occasions and customers, whether we're talking about super creamer or the super coffee K-cups or like the ready to drink super coffee in a bottle. So um, I think those are some of the balances that yep. you got to keep in mind as you kind of diversify your own product portfolio. Absolutely. Um, when, when you talk about, because I know we've talked about just on a, on a high level, just you know, flavors and how you guys pick and choose. You obviously, you could go so many different directions. Oh, yeah. I, I think one of the, the things that I, I want to address now is you guys recently launched the, the blueberry muffin super coffee, correct? And this is a oh, yeah. blueberry, blueberry latte. latte. I, blueberry have, latte. I have not had the opportunity to, to try that yet. I got I to gotta buy some. But when, when you oh, think man. about oh, like different product SKUs, obviously like you have the vanilla, the, the mocha, the caramel, or the excuse me, the black coffee, like the, the more standard flavors that people love and appreciate if once they drink coffee. How do you guys think about yeah. like these different skews? Obviously the blueberry latte, it's it's like a, a huge smash hit, sold out. Like when, when it, And I don't know if this yeah. is something you lean on uh, in the company, but I'd love to just hear that because uh, everything that you guys put out, it's very clean. It's very, um, you know, it, it's not like you're launching these, different flavors all day every day like you guys stick to what you're great at you know what works and obviously that's why you guys have been so successful but i'd love to hear about that on like the maybe what you haven't put out or, or what you guys were about to do but change gears on because yeah you didn't know how to respond or you got feedback like th those type of internal conversations are so cool to me yeah 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 dude it's a really good question i mean i, I think the biggest thing right goes back to like that idea of like what is your customer giving you permission to do to launch right that's how you stay very successful on innovation is listening to your customer. What do they want? What do they wish you made? And what also do they not like that you're making uh, and letting that guide. So we've discontinued products in the past. We had an original flavor that was unsweetened um, and actually discontinued it because our customer really loved super coffee when it's creamy and that texture, they love the sweetness and the flavor forward. Um, in that same regard, you know, like we want to be cutting edge with flavor. Our customer responds really well to, you know, hyper indulgent, really fun flavors. So we have like that new plant-based line. That's like our coconut mocha, a French vanilla, sweet cream, really kind of playing on the indulgent. Yep. Um, and then my favorite, yeah, are, <laughs> oh, I mean, that plant-based line I love. And then we really said, we want to put a, a yep. flag on the ground and continue to lead, um, in plant-based innovation and plant-based flavor innovation. So that's where the blueberry latte uh, came to life. And that was one, you know, where 
we had cues from our customer and understood that they love a wide variety of flavors. We're really the first brand in coffee going deep on like a blueberry latte type flavor. Um, so that was us probably expanding beyond our reach yeah. a little bit, but we were saying, Hey, like, can this work? Can this be successful? And does it open us up to a world of, you know, flavor forward, uh, skews and that we hadn't even thought of as a possibility. The answer is yes, right? Blueberry Latte was a wildly successful, sold out at Target across America, our e-commerce. And now we have fun and new SKUs coming out. Uh, we have a whole breakfast line that's coming out. It's going to be launching nationwide in January. Three new hyper-indulgent flavors. Um, different go. things like a glazed donut flavor, caramel waffle. Yeah, things Ooh. that are just- is this the, am I the first to know this? Like, this is this is some behind the scenes yeah, stuff. Yeah, this is behind the scenes. Some of those ones I talked about are still in uh, concept. I'm not going to give away any of the actual okay. ones launching yeah. in January. But you can start to think, right? Like, hey, like that blueberry latte was super successful, right? It gives us the ability to launch like a strawberry sweet cream flavor, right? Things that kind of go yep. in different directions. Um, and we do think that that's a really good strategy, especially for our brand, where we come, you know, from a background where we're protein enhanced coffee and a lot of our audience, you know, really enjoy some of those fitness type brands, whether it's, you know, bang energy has had a lot of success with a bunch of, uh, unique flavors, brands like one bar, uh, the protein bar have a lot of unique flavors. You're so right. Absolutely. So I think, you know, knowing your customer with what they shop when it's within your franchise and within your brand, but also what other brands are they kind of cross shopping and can you make options that kind of fit both of those? Um, and it's a delicate balance yep. though. Cause sometimes you can't be like, Oh, you know, they eat us and they eat toaster strudels. Let me go put this out. And it's like, <laughs> ah, I don't know if that aligns. Yeah. It is that fine balance. Absolutely. Speaking on that, like side note, it's so interesting to say that like me as a consumer more so not on the business side of this, like, direction consumer products like the one bars i love mm-hmm. the the glazed donut or the sprinkled donut and all these like really indulgent flavors yep. but you know you look at it and it's like a healthy energizing protein bar right and like they they do it really well and i, I always like whenever 100%. i grab one they're they're super cool um i, I want to talk about you talked about fitness and this is a side yeah. note just from business but uh, you know the guys behind the business as founders you and your brothers i've been seeing you guys always doing these extreme athletic uh, marathon triathlon or i'm not sure exactly but i know you guys did something epic with jesse itzler recently where you guys were up and down this mountain and it yeah. was an extreme experience i'd love for you to just talk about that because a I, i'm interested in hearing more about that but more so like what do you guys learn from that and take away from that because i know you do this with your brothers who are all the co-founders of super coffee and i'm sure that's such a growing experience as founders as brothers and as teammates most of all yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. I mean, like, I love that you use the word experience because I think that, you know, is, is what a lot of these fitness type challenges can be. And, you know, a lot of them can, you know, be things that take you out of your comfort zone. You know, like we were all athletes, two football players, one, one college basketball player, and that, that stayed, you know, pretty rigid in the, in the world of training for your sport. I think a lot of like these endurance type challenges, whether it's races or triathlons, definitely puts you in a new, you know, place of discomfort where, you know, a lot of times that's not a lot of times that is where growth happens, right? When you're making yourself vulnerable, you're trying something new. So that's certainly an aspect of it. But I think even boiling it down, like our fitness journey 
boils all the way down to one, it makes us feel good. And my brother Jordan says like, hey, I think everyone should work out every single day simply because of how it makes you feel, right? Like take physique out of it, yep. take health out of it. Like you tend to just feel better, a little bit sharper, a little bit more confident on days where you sweat. Uh, so I think for us, you know, that's yep. something that works. Um, and that's probably its ultimate driving force is how we feel <laughs> after we work out. Um, it's also part of living the brand, right? You know, we're, we're a very health focused brand. So um, it fits within our values. And then lastly, I think into those yep. experiences, um, you know, we just did an Everest event where you hiked up a mountain out in Sun Valley, Idaho, 15 times until you reached the height of 29,000 feet. Over, it was a 36-hour event. Yeah, wow. was hyper, um, we did it with Jesse Itzler, actually, who I think has maybe been on yeah. your show or he's been on a, a lot of shows. Yeah, like he's it. been on the show. Yeah, he's, we, Jesse, what up, Jesse? Jesse's one of our guys. Uh, but that was his <laughs> event. Uh, and, you know, that is one where the word experience is the best way to describe it. Totally takes you out of your comfort zone. Totally puts you in a position where, position where you're like, shit, I'm not going to do this, right? But then you have to, you know? And after you come out of those situations, yeah. I think all of us, especially once you get a little taste of success, whether that be in like little league baseball, high school sports, in college, whatever it may be, professionally, as an entrepreneur, whatever it may be, like the more success that people tend to get, they start to fear failure more as well. Or they try to avoid situations where they're like, shit, I might not be able to do this. And I think those athletic experiences <laughs> where you do say, I'm probably not going to be able to do this. And then you force yourself to do it anyway. Um, I think those are just great for, you know, keeping you on your toes and, and, and keeping you, you know, humble, yeah. grateful for the opportunity. And then also make simple tasks in your life actually feel much more simple and less audacious than they might be otherwise. I love that. And I love that. Like the athletic athlete mentality. I, whenever people ask me questions, and I, and I always talk about my story of, you know, I was a neck brace and I was 16 playing yep. football, got injured. Like that was my turning point. Mm -hmm. Played hockey for 10 years yep. across. Like I always talk about, you know, what, what gave me this edge when I was 15, 16, trying to go learn all this stuff and dive into this world of entrepreneurship. And it was that athlete mentality of wanting more of, of, going to like win to, you know, go in there with a team and meet great people that you have on your side. Like, how have you and your brothers taken this athlete mentality of team and, and winning and like striving for greatness and apply it to your business? Because I think as a friend of yours and seeing again, how you guys operate, it's very clear that you guys like are complete, not only athletes, but move in lockstep. You have this team mentality very well yeah. with doing something like uh, hiking up and down a mountain for 29,000 feet or just building a company that's, <laughs> you know, on its way to becoming a, a mega multi-billionaire company. Like, either, like both of them, like, it starts with that team mentality and being aligned on the field and in, in the workroom. You know? So like, how have you guys taken this mentality and how would you suggest others to adapt that mentality if, if it's for them? Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's a, you're, you're spot on, right? And in, 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 you know, athletics certainly shows up in our life. I, I know that it shows up in your life as well. And I think it, it first in, in, it comes to building a business. One thing that's super great is you know we've all if you played athletics, it doesn't matter if it was little league or Division One college football, you know what it's like to be 
part of a team. And you also know what it's part like to be part of probably a good team and a bad team. And it's, it's, <laughs> yep. it's funny, you know, good teams and bad teams, typically the talent isn't very different. Uh, a lot of times, obviously great teams and, and poor teams, you know, there's a big discrepancy in, in talent, but those middle of the road teams, the thing that typically separates them is how does the team work together? How does the team treat each other? How do they align on goals? How do they own their role within the team? How do they communicate? All of those small things that you learn as an athlete, and you might not even speak about as an athlete, but you see them and you feel them, you know, that translates to business yep. so, so much. And I always tell people, you know, I played football at Georgetown. Um, it's a Division One football program. We didn't win a lot of games, but because it was Georgetown, we had some pretty phenomenal recruiting happening there because it's a desirable school. And we played against schools that didn't get the type of kids that we had. And we would go lose to those schools frequently. And it's because we didn't have a great team. You know, we weren't, you know, in lockstep. We didn't own our roles. There wasn't a lot of accountability. We didn't communicate well, uh, all of those things. So I think if you can, you know, bring that to the business setting of knowing how to be a good teammate first and also what are the roles of the team? Am I the person that's supposed to score the goal? Or am I the person that's supposed to assist the goal? Or am I supposed to play defense, right? And stop the other team from scoring goals. Knowing your role and playing to it. Because if I'm supposed to be guarding yeah. Casey and I'm trying to score goals, right? You're probably just going to end up scoring a lot. <laughs> and I'm not even going to get the ball from my team. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be scoring. So I think that's one thing that sport teaches you. Uh, the other thing, right, is it just like, I think I truly believe in one thing you see in athletics is if I practice, I get better. And if I do something over and over, I get better. And in business, it might even be longer cycles of doing and seeing results and doing and seeing results. But at least it gives you belief in like, I'm going to go do this and I might not receive, see results for a week or a month or a quarter or even a year sometimes. But my athletic background kind of reminds me, as I worked on my yeah. left hand, I got better at making layups with my left hand. Um, so I think it's a reason to believe yeah. in the process. It's something that athletics teaches you. In business, it's not necessarily that intuitive that this thing that I'm trying to do and I'm trying to do and the results aren't coming. And I'm actually just spending money and spending time. Um, like I should give up. And yeah. like, you know, Sometimes that hard-headed mentality that sports has taught you you got to break through that wall. Um, that really helped. Yep. It certainly helped us build our team and our business at Super Coffee. Love that. Speaking on that, did you guys ever have a moment of doubt like throughout the process of starting to getting now where you were just like, everything was going wrong, you guys were figuring it out? Or what were some of the, the hardships that, like you said, allowed you guys to not only keep pushing, but tap into that? Because at the end of the day, some people will throw in the towel and they'll, they'll draw the line. They're like, you know, this is it. And that separates the people. Um, but like, did, what was the, not only the hardest challenge, but I think most importantly, like, did you guys ever just have doubt or was it always on the up and up? <laughs> yeah. No, of course. You know, like one, doubt's inevitable, right? You're, you're going to doubt situations. You're going to doubt yourself. You're going to have, you know, that situation of, am I the right person to do this right now? All of those types of doubts. The one thing I'll say is we've had tons of moment of doubt, um, but we've never doubted that what we were doing fundamentally was right, you know, and that it was, we always have believed yep. it was going to work 
and that it's right, you know, like in concept and in like what we're working on every day is right and it's going to work. But then you have those micro moments of doubt, like, is this launch the right way or the way that this process uh-huh. is designed, you know, just a hard Tuesday doubt creeps up like you're in over your head. Um, so I think doubt is normal. And, and really, if you don't have doubt, then like doubt's a great, you know, driver, you know, and it's something that should propel you. Like fear of failure is great driver. Um, you know, it, it shows that, you know, I do need to make shit happen today or else you know, I, I might, <laughs> yep. the company might not work. So I think it's great to have that. Um, but also, you know, opt superpower that you can have as a business owner and especially as a leader of a team and a leader of a, a growing business, you know, leading with optimism really helps your people around you push through their moments of doubt. And not that you have to do it in a heroic way where, you know, we don't show our doubts or we're, we're not willing to be vulnerable with one another. Cause that's perhaps the most leaderly thing you can do is let people know when you're having a little bit of doubt. Right. And they're like, shit, me too. Now let's figure out a way to, to go get things yeah. done. Um, but you know, doubt, obviously I don't want anyone to think that doubt doesn't creep up and, you know, I think you take it head on or you talk to folks on, on, you know, how do I get over this feeling? Otherwise it can, can become pretty lonely and pretty overwhelming. Um, then, Yep. Question on what is the hardest moment? Is it was that it? What was the hardest moment? Yeah, just like uh, maybe an example of something that you guys can talk that you can talk about that you went through that was uh, whether that's a pivoting point or a turning point that you now reflect on and it's like wow, if that didn't happen, I don't think we'd be here today or, or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's funny, you know, like it, we we have a two prong approach to this. I think our our ultimate guiding light, right, like is the only easy day was yesterday, right? Like every day is yep. going to be hard, you know, that's just what we do. We, we choose to do the hard things, um, you know, because that normally separates you from, from your competition yep. or whatever it may be. Um, from a turning point or like, you know, uh, is there, has there been one, something that stands out as harder than others? Probably not because we've done everything from scratch. Yep. So it's all been really hard, but every stage of our growth <laughs> you know, has been so new to Jim Jordan and I, because we've never been going through this before. So we do have that unique uh, advantage where we're naive going into every situation. So we actually don't know how hard it's going to be. And like I said, we lead with optimism. So we kind of take on probably pretty daunting tasks where if we knew how hard they were truly going to be, or if we were looking at them hindsight 2020 there's tons of shit that i'd be like i'm never yeah. doing that fucking like thank god through the early days right because i couldn't do that again yep. um but then i think a direct answer to your question you know is it's probably going on shark tank we went on shark tank in, in the second year of our business back in 2017 we filmed aired at the beginning of 2018 and we went in front of the sharks and got over five everyone passed you know um no one was even interested uh, and doing a deal with Super Coffee, uh, and you know that's a pretty tough <laughs> moment on national television. But yeah, we went on, and, and like all other things, you know, we controlled what we can control, which was our attitude, our pitch, our energy, how we interacted with pushback, um, and ultimately ended up being a really positive situation. Um, but you know, yeah. that's definitely one that stands out as a moment. And I think you know, people say like life is. what happens to you and 99% how you respond. Uh, That shark tank moment was a great one for us. Cause it was like, Hey, like 
we were walking off stage and the, the um, host of Shark Tank interviewed Jim as we were going off. And he said something along the lines of like, we know what we're, we know what we're set out to do and we're going to go do it. Um, and that's what we did. We were out and like, it, it was great, you know? But that was like that gives me energy, brother. Yeah, it was just <laughs> in the moment. But it was like, and he said, like, no shark, no boss, no coach, no one can tell us because we know what we set out. We're going to do. We're going to go do it. Um, but that was like our decision in the moment. And we filmed. We were out in L.A. for yeah. five days filming Shark Tank. You film on like that final fifth day after rehearsals, and it's a long lead up. You get said no. We flew back yep. to the East Coast, and five thirty a.m. Monday, you know, we were back to the grind. You know, so. Um, yeah, that was fresh, right? So I think that's a really good, you know, example of totally something bad that, happening. That's incredible. Yeah, hundred percent, brother. No, I appreciate that story. And last question, I know I don't want to take too much time here, but when you think about the future of, of Super Coffee, I know I, I've probably asked you this on our first interview, and you know, to to see the growth from there is incredible. But when you think about the future, what excites you? Like, what what moves the needle for you, and like, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I really think that uh, I mentioned it on, already on this conversation, but that day one mentality, like what gets me excited is truly today, whatever it is, August 26th, Friday is the worst super coffee will ever be like today. It's also the best that we've ever been. So it's a really fun and beautiful yep. combination. Um, but that idea that, you know, looking ahead, this is the worst will ever be is so exciting. Um, and obviously you opened up with the fundraising. We just raised over a hundred million dollars. We have that money to use, to grow our business, to invest in our customers, to invest in new products and marketing. So all of that gets me super excited. Um, and then lastly, you know, I think the way that the world is going, um, in this kind of post pandemic world, even though we're still seemingly in the thick of it right now with this Delta variant, um, you know, I think people are being healthier they're, and they're also being a little bit more intentional yeah. with the way that they're spending their time with the stuff that they're putting into their body. Um, and you know, those are all core philosophies that we believed in, in 2016, when we launched the business. Um, and we're just super excited and enthusiastic that hopefully we're seeing more and more mainstream adoption for that. Um, because you know, we're a mainstream brand that sells super coffee and Walmart. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Well, Jake, I just want to say thank you so much again for coming on today. Where's the best place for everyone listening to learn more about Super Coffee, to buy Super Coffee, to follow you and just stay in tune with the journey? Yeah, man. Instagram is like our platform to interact. So my Instagram is just at Jake DeSico. Uh, our Instagram is drink super coffee. Um, both of those places are really great places and I'll take you to different destinations. Um, you know, tons of podcasts that we like to go on. None better than Rise of the Young, of course. <laughs> Thank um, you, brother. Yeah, Instagram's a good place to interact, and uh, DMs are great. I, I think DMs are the most underrated business tool yep. or networking tool out there right now. Absolutely. Well, Jake, thank you again, man, for coming on today. I really appreciate the time, and I'm looking forward to doing this again in the next six months to 12 months, man. You guys are always just building, and there's always new questions and new stories. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. We appreciate you. Time flies. That, that went by real fast, but it was, it was a fun conversation, brother. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, dude.